Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. I'm Luke Mullen, joined today by our sports editor, Nate Head. And this is episode three of this season, new season of Life in the Red. Obviously, we've, uh, we've gotten Amy in, our columnist, uh, but we want, we want a little sports editor action, get the, get the big dog in the room. Um, obviously, you've been, you've been seeing all the football stuff that's been going on, um, you know, following along with us. And just, uh, you know what, we'll, we'll get into a lot of the good uh, practice observations, talk a little big picture today, a lot of big news, the, the Big Ten media rights, and of course, all the NIL stuff, all the transfer portal stuff we've been seeing all summer, everything that's been going on. Um, so welcome in, Nate, and welcome welcome everybody back to the Journal Star Studios. You get the nice, nice video look if you're watching us on the web, so hope you're all enjoying that. Yeah, you know, Luke, I appreciate the, the, the introduction. You say that, that you wanted me in here, but we know I'm in here because Amy could not join us today, <laughs> but I'm a lifelong career uh, pinch hitter, so... Yeah. Um, you know, I can always step in and on a pinch and, and help us out. So uh, what do we got today? Yeah, so, I mean, let's, let's just go ahead, you know, jump into some of the practice stuff. Um, you know, getting the chance to talk with the defense a couple of days ago. Uh, today was more an offensive day, so just want to recap some of the information that's kind of coming out during the week. And one of the most notable things, I think, is, is on the injury front. Uh, freshman wide receiver DeColdis Crawford, you know, may, may, maybe we could have pushed for playing time, um, you know, would have worked its way, way out during this fall camp, but unfortunately seems to have suffered a, a very serious knee injury. Uh, head coach Scott Frost said he'll be out for an extended period of time. Uh, hopefully we can get more information, you know, and confirmation if that's season ending or whatever it may be. Uh, but definitely he's not going to be on the field here coming out. And really kind of the, the tough thing, you know, obviously you don't want any player to, to get that season ending injury, but there's been a lot of buzz about DeColdest, uh, notably his, his big time NIL commercial. Just came out, I think is, you know, at five million sure. views all over the sure. internet. Uh, a pretty big smash hit already. Yeah, definitely. You know, I remember when DeColdest um, committed over the summer and, and even then his name and the uniqueness of it was mm-hmm. uh, the talk of social media. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think the NIL deal he did was, um, exactly what the whole thing was created for right i mean everybody loved it 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 not only did it make waves in 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 husker twitter but it went you know it went as as uh you know made its rounds pretty good in the national uh scene as well so yeah it's kind of unfair you know and 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 you you hope the coldest uh comes back strong but i don't know if he if he would have you know cracked the yeah the room there's a lot of players in there but um yeah, I expect we'll hear something from Frost probably um, soon regarding his status. You know, Frost usually only talks uh, updates on, on injuries if it's, you know, unfortunately if it's like season ending yeah. Or, yeah. or extended time. So I suspect we'll, we'll hear from him soon on that. Yeah, and we hope, uh, we hope all the state's air conditioning units continue uh, running as expected for the rest of the summer. Um, if, you, if you haven't gotten the chance to go watch that commercial, make sure to check it out online. He does a pretty good job, obviously. You get these... Uh, these athletes in, you know, it's it's a di- it's a different type of challenge for them uh, to do a little bit of acting. So that's that's part of the fun with that one for sure. No, it is, and and he even got a little uh, Malachi Coleman. I don't know if you saw on Twitter uh, quoted and you know asked Dakotas for acting lessons, yeah. uh, which which yeah. uh, Dakotas accepted. He said, just come on down, and uh, you know maybe. Uh, you know, October twenty second. Maybe yep. they can uh, get together and, and work on their uh, work on their acting chops. Definitely. Yeah, so some of the other stuff, you know, coming out from practice, a lot of it has to do with the depth chart. 
um, you know, the way that these, these different position groups shake out. And one of the most interesting things to me, we, we got a chance to talk with the defense a couple days ago, and Texas Tech transfer Devin Drew, a guy that they were waiting to get on campus for a while, had to get those academic transcripts, get that cleared from the university. He comes in and you think, you know, maybe there's going to be a little bit of rust, you know, getting used to the, the new scheme or whatever, you know, just getting back to practice after, you know, a while and just working out on your own. Well, it seems like the initial returns are very good. You know, he's an experienced guy. And already Eric Chenander said he's he's probably going to get some reps in that Northwestern game, which is really impressive for a guy that just got on campus. Yeah, it is. And, you know, that interior defensive line spot has been a position I've been following this offseason. And, and with him coming in, you know, the concern is, is rust and it's, you know, how game ready are they? That's something that Chenander, those guys talk about all the time, you know, in terms of conditioning, in terms of, um, you know, learning the, the schemes. But, yeah, it seems like he kind of hit the ground running on that first day. I mean, they yeah. were talking about him, you know, within the first couple of days quick. So, um, you know, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like he, he might see a couple snaps uh, in Ireland. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the defense as a whole, uh, obviously the black shirts, you know, big yearly tradition. I think, you know, every coach, every different year kind of has their own approach. You know, do, do you do it before the season? Do you do it week three? I think, you know, even we've seen some late, late season black shirts, week six, whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, got the chance to hear a little bit the black shirts. They're coming soon. You know, whether that's right before they leave for Ireland or as soon as they land, you know, it seems like that seems to be the, the trajectory that they're planning on for the black shirts, get them for those defensive leaders. Um, O'Shawn Mathis, you know, yeah. a guy. It's kind of interesting, you know, do you get the transfers of the black shirts right away? It seems like that's, that'll probably be in the mix. You know, don't, don't know exactly when they are, but, but coming soon. So look forward for that, folks. And in the special teams field, something else interesting. Obviously, the, the kick game, the punting game, these were major, major issues the yeah. last couple of seasons. And you get transfers in in both spots. Heard from punter Brian Buscini, um, just kind of about his fall camp. And the number one thing, I mean, he kept saying he's just having the most consistent fall camp. And, you know, it's some of these interesting little tidbits. You know, you, you hear from the players themselves because, you know, punting, it, it, seems, it seems very simple, right? You right. just drop the ball and just kick it as far as you can. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Buscini said, you know, that was pretty much what he did at Montana. You just, you know, aim for the underside of the ball, yeah. let it fly. Well, last couple months, you know, talking um, and, you know, harnessing some of the information Former Nebraska punter Sam Cook, you know, Baltimore Raven, Johnny Hecker, Los Angeles Ram, you know, they, they aim for the hole in the ball where you, you put the nozzle in, fill it up, uh, you know, aim for that tiny little spot. You'd think, yeah. you'd think that would be, you'd think that would be very difficult, but these high level punters, that, that's what they're aiming for. And so far, Buscini's done a good job in practice. Yeah, it's an interesting tactic, you know. I, I um, in my punting days, I just drop the thing and, <laughs> and, and try not to kick the laces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, hearing hearing some nozzle talk was definitely um, interesting from those guys that you know actually know what they're talking about. And, mm -hmm. and you're right; it seems like such a simple thing, but those guys have it down to a science. I mean, this is a very small impression on the ball that you know is not even there at the blind gaze yeah. and this is what they're aiming for you almost wonder that you know you aim you aim for this little small thing and then you 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 know mess it up or whatever but yeah there's been a lot of Bushini talk um a lot of punting talk i mean when yeah. what off season have we had so much talk about the punter and 
um, and, the, and the kicker and yeah, special teams, man. I mean that that's that's controlled a lot of the conversation and and as it should. So we'll uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what that looks like, obviously yeah. in, in in Ireland. So and definitely the weather conditions too. The day that we got to talk with Bushini and some of the other special teams guys, it was foggy. It was a little bit damp outside. Pretty similar uh, to what they'll be expecting in Ireland. So. We'll see, you know, how the weather kind of plays into that as well. And one of the other things, you know, on an injury front, Turner Corcoran was out for a few days. Um, you know, a little bit of questions about the O-line. If he's missing, you know, how does the line shake out? But he's been in bracket practice. And one of the interesting things is it seems like the plan for Corcoran is to slot into that left guard spot. Uh, obviously got a little bit of game time at tackle last couple seasons. Um, you know, thought he might have been the right tackle. And maybe, you know, maybe if he was healthy the entire offseason, it's hard to say if that was an initial plan or kind of a plan B. Uh, but it sounds like Bryce Benhart going to be that right tackle, Corcoran in there at left guard. So, you know, we'll see how that shakes out for Northwestern. And speaking also in terms of, you know, players in different positions, seems like we have a, a new position on the roster today. Ramir Johnson, we know he's been working with the wideouts, been working in, in kind of that slot role. A little bit of time on special teams as well. So question was posed to him today. Are you running back? Are you a wide receiver? He says, you know what? Forget about it. I'm a wide back. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. he's just, um, as you mentioned in your story today that we'll be posting really soon uh, this afternoon is, is, you know, the wide back was popularized by Debo Samuel, uh, Samuel in, in, in the NFL. And, you know, he's a guy that, that will, you know, line up in the slot and, and, um, kind of quick hitting passes, right? Just kind of getting the ball in mm -hmm. his hands, but then we'll also, um, you know, carry the ball too. And, and and they can trust him. You know, Ramir Johnson, um, you know, is not a guy that fumbles often, or, or you know, he's just a steady, reliable guy. And and um, you know, why wouldn't you want to feature a guy yeah. like that in your offense? So, it, but that's yeah, that's one thing that I think will be really neat to see how they, um, what exactly that looks like. You know. Wandale Robinson kind of comes to mind. Oh, he, for he, sure. Obviously, yeah. um, I don't think they ever called him that, but that was another thing where we had to kind of think, okay, is he a running back? Is yeah. he? It just kind of changed game mm -hmm. to game, and I bet that will be the case with Ramir. I mean, if he's ripping off big chunks in the in the run game, they'll probably just keep yeah. keep feeding him the ball that way. But um, yeah, I mean, they have a lot of guys in that running back room, so maybe they feel really good about a couple others, and, and but still want to have. Ramir in a, in a kind of an, a prominent yeah. way. So. I, think, I think that's kind of what it sounded like is I think that decision to kind of have him catch some passes uh, to operate out of the slot, it wasn't, wasn't so much as like, hey, we don't have enough wide receivers. It was more like we're going to have four or five running backs competing for time. Ramir's already a good pass catcher. Yeah. You know, how, how do you just get your best offensive weapons, the ball, as much as possible? Obviously, we saw that with Juan Dale, like you said. So, mm -hmm. be interesting to see, you know, how much how much time does he really spend? I think, you know, on a lot of third downs, um, he will have that third down yeah. back role, so he could be in the backfield a lot. But on those opening early downs, yeah, could easily motion out to be in the slot, um, or perhaps, you know, not even be on the field at all for some of those more run oriented drives. So, will be very interesting to see. But you know, good to hear from him a little bit about that role uh, and. The wide back. We'll, we'll look forward to seeing that in action. Yeah, it's a new word for us. Yep. I, I was I was trying to determine if if that was one word or two. I um, think you went to. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, well, maybe we can ask Ramir um, how he spells it. <laughs> yeah. if, he, if he likes uh, uh, one word or not. <laughs> That's right. 
So I think I think those are kind of the the main points to hit on um, for practice so far. What we've heard, um, obviously, we'll we'll get the chance to hear a little bit more on Sunday and before the Huskers depart for Ireland. Yeah, uh, really coming up here soon. We'll hit you with another podcast, another final update, Northwestern preview. But for now, I think it's time to talk a little bit of the big picture. Um, go back to some of the stuff that we went through in the offseason and some big news that happened right today. So let's just start with it. The Big Ten media rights officially finalized. We've been hearing about this. Fox, yeah. CBS, NBC, all these titans. Forget about ESPN, you know, Big Ten blazing their own path with this stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll run you through some of the details. I have them right here. Um, but Nate, just your initial thoughts. I mean, what a, what a great situation for the Big Ten, don't you think, you know, having that platform to have your prominent collegiate athletics on, on three of the biggest sports channels possible. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, NBC, CBS, and Fox. I mean, they got the, the three biggest, um, names really out there. Yeah. Obviously, um, ESPN and ABC, um, has done a ton for the Big Ten and some yep. of the best you know, and biggest Big Ten games, um, have been on that channel, you know, the Big Ten Championship and, and in, Indianapolis has been on that channel, but yeah, what I think I, I think how it's being framed is that now they'll have the opportunity to be in you know all major time slots throughout yeah. a Saturday, throughout mm-hmm. a college football Saturday. So essentially, the Big Ten will have a game on from you know the eleven o'clock yeah. window to um, you know late night um, was it nine thirty or, or yeah. nine. Um, so and all three of those are going to be on a prominent network. So. That's how they've positioned themselves in a way that just exposure. Um, You know, you turn your TV on and you're going to see a Big Ten game. You know, Uh, the CBS one is the one that's going to, I think, take a second to get used to because, you know, when you turn CBS, you're thinking SEC, right? You're thinking a classic SEC game. I mean, I can just hear it now. Amy actually wrote a column today that kind of got me thinking that way. I mean, you hear the the music, their their tune, Mm -hmm. um, and you just kind of think that, Alabama and, and Georgia are going to come running out. Um, so it's going to be definitely strange. Um, but, yeah, I have to, I'll have to make sure I have my, my Peacock membership <laughs> That's right. um, That's updated. Right. Yeah, so let's, let's just run you through some of the quick details right here. Um, the, the new agreement begins July 1st, 2023, runs through the end of the 29-30 season. No official value on the overall deal was released uh, by the Big Ten. ESPN reporting it at $7 billion, Wall Street Journal at $7.5 billion uh, for the overall streaming package. And in terms of the different channels, what these games are going to be on, Fox will keep its big noon window, 11 o'clock central for those kicks. CBS will have the 2.30, pretty Mm. similar with how they operate with the SEC now. That'll be 15 total games per season starting in 2024, including a Black Friday contest. Not sure if that'll be the Huskers or if they're looking for a different game um, in that one. And NBC will get the primetime window, again, 14 to 16 games per season on NBC. And as you alluded to, some games will be aired on NBC's streaming platform, Peacock. Uh, Channels will also rotate broadcasting the Big Ten title game. And BTN, classic Big Ten network, still air football, still airs basketball. Obviously, in terms of football, you know, maybe some of the the less desired games that Mm. they're not going to put on national TV. But you're looking for soccer, softball baseball, all those other sports still be on Big Ten Network, uh, still that same spot uh, where you're used to. And I guess just, you know, my thought on it is it's, it's a goodbye to, you know, ESPN and ABC, like you said. I mean, these have been the channels where Big Big Ten, 
you know, even just Husker stuff, obviously Big 12, Big 8, I mean, that stuff's been going on for a while. That was the, the place you go to. And, you know, we're, we're on to a new frontier. It's a, it's a new era of college football, so I don't have any issues with it. I think it's, uh, it's a net positive there for the Big Ten for sure. And what's interesting to me, too, is, I mean, it's, it's only a, a seven-year deal. I mean, the Big Ten will be in very good position to renegotiate another valuable TV contract uh, when that runs out in 2030, when the ACC's deal with ESPN yeah. is still going on uh, that they agreed to a while ago. So from a conference-wide perspective, it's a, it's a huge boost. It's what got USC and UCLA interested, uh, that big TV money, and just expanding the brand overall. Yeah, I, I think you know, part of it was the, the per-school uh, payout was you know, getting up there to $100 million, yep. uh, per institution, mm-hmm. and, and that's a... A big jump from what it was, which it was already, um, I think, you know, 60 or uh, 60, 70, 75 million. But yep. um, so obviously that's a that's a considerable difference. Um, and yeah, um, you know, one thing I, I wondered about is is now what happens to the SEC? So do the SEC and, and ESPN just now kind of have to uh, link up, or, or you know, wh- where are we going to see um, SEC football in the next? you know, a couple of years. Yeah. Where are I they going to go? I think they're going to have to yeah, go to ESPN now. It's, yeah, it's, it's got to be the ESPN, um, you know, brand. But, I mean, really, it's kind of they've they've kind of been reaping what they right. sow here. You know, they've been pushing the SEC for a while, for, mm. for quite a few seasons now. True. <laughs> uh, so they're going to get their wish yes, now, I guess. exactly. Um, and, yeah. and Big 12 in the mix there, too, um, probably continue to be on ESPN. We'll, yeah. see. we'll see how that shakes out. But... Um, Big Ten will be all over. That'll be what we look forward to the next couple of years. Again, starting uh, next summer, next July, um, final year as it is here for the 2022 season. And now I want to talk a little bit about what we've been doing during the off season. Um, Nate, this is something we've all put in a lot of time into. Our Husker Extra Special section titled Shuffling the Deck comes out this Sunday, talking about all the different changes going on in the program this off season. Um, a little bit, little bit of poker, a little bit of casino theme, you know, in terms of the different stuff we've got going on. But NIL, Transfer Portal, some of these major trends um, is really what we tried to dig into. You just want to share a little bit about how we kind of came up with that idea, what we wanted to, to kind of focus on? Yeah, so, you know, when we sat down and, and considered this year from a big picture approach, um, what stood out was change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you got the new coaches, um, you have, um, you know, Nebraska making a significant uh, splash in the transfer portal this off season. And then you have um, NIL, you know, really coming to the forefront, both here locally, Nebraska has been all over NIL, their major player in the game, as we know, and it's also dominated, you know, from a national standpoint too. So it's kind of a three pillared approach um, in terms of those three changes that we're seeing. Um, you know, some of them are specific to, to Nebraska being the coaches and some are, are widespread, um, such as NIL. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of where shuffling the deck mm-hmm. there's a little bit of shuffling the deck going on i would say yep. i'd say it's a fair assessment and um yeah we had some fun with it you know we have um you know a stack of poker chips from one to ten to um you know rate the intrigue of the of the games um i think oklahoma's was the highest well actually i think ireland probably was uh, yeah. was probably the but both probably the, the yeah. highest chip count um you know a little bit more than i think georgia southern um mm-hmm game but 
Yeah, uh, we had a lot of fun with it. it. Obviously, a lot of work went into it. But yes, that will be on, on your local uh, newsstands on, uh, on Sunday morning. So um, go out and give that a look. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about a, a couple things that are yeah. in there? So I, I think, you know, kind of the, the main thing to focus on is, is NIL. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the portal as well that, you know, that's here to stay. Um, but this was, I think, the first real offseason where NIL was dictating so much of where players wanted to go, you know, whether that's out of high school or, or in the portal, obviously. Um, but there is huge, huge earning potential at some of these major college football powers, not just Nebraska, you know, other major power five schools. And, you know, I, I wrote kind of a lengthier story about it that you can check out in the, in the special section about how a lot of coaches are, you know, they're eight, 12 months in and they're saying, hey, we really got to get some rules around this thing, you know, make sure that it doesn't spiral out of control, which admittedly, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily there. Um, kind of the, the concerns that these coaches bring up are that the NCAA guidelines for NIL are very vague, which is on purpose from the NCAA. They're saying, hey, we've instituted this program. We're not going to necessarily be the regulators. They've had a, mm -hmm. a lot of regulation in different arenas um, that hasn't gone over too well. So per the NCAA, it's, it's pretty simple. The, the NIL funding can't be uh, based on on-field performance. And the other big thing is that the student athlete has to give something of value in return for the NIL funding, which generally for everything we see is some sort of public endorsement, um, some sort of social media post, anything like that could, could definitely qualify. Um, the camps? Yes, camps, that, yes. Um, you can host programs. Um, obviously, we've... We've seen, uh, we'll get into some of the efforts Nebraska has, but they kind of have an NIL marketplace where um, kind of similar to, to Cameo or some of these other sites, you can mm. get your favorite Husker athlete, you know, whip out the smartphone, um, you know, wish you a little, little happy birthday, whatever it may be. Um, so plenty of cool stuff going on in that regard. Um, but kind of the flip side is you get these different players and w the reason I think that coaches have issues with it is it, if you're in the portal, and you're looking at these different schools and you say, hey, at, at this one school, I might be able to earn, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars mm. other school, 250 grand. I mean, there's there's no question yeah. what you're going to be doing. So it's really it's really changed. I think a lot of the focus, um, you know, at least in terms of recruiting and transfers away from where am I going to be the best fit to play right away, you know, to contribute on the field, earn playing time. A lot of it now is what's my earning potential, which. You know, for, for the athlete is, is a net positive without a doubt. Uh, that's the kind of thing that we have to take into consideration too, yeah. is that this kind of wild west, as some people have called it, you know, the, the craziness where the players kind of hold all the cards. I mean, it is very, very player positive in that regard. Yeah, so I, you know, the, the big idea is that you're not supposed to use it as a recruiting um, chip, essentially. You're not supposed to, um, you know, throw out dollar figures to, yeah. to people, but, you know, these athletes obviously are tight, you know, tight knit and they talk. And, um, you know, Casey Thompson, I think, went on that, um, you know, he kind of made a, a headline or two when he was on the, you know, one of the Barstool podcasts and said something about, um, you know, earning potential for a starter at Nebraska was, what, six figures? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, people see that and, and they think, oh, well, you know, if I go and start at Nebraska, I could make, you know, what Casey Thompson said I could make. So 
obviously that's bled into recruiting even if it wasn't supposed to it's definitely happening and, yeah. and that's and that's what you're getting to that's why these coaches are asking like mm -hmm. for some guidance some um some more clear-cut rules i mean i know you wrote about uh you know jimbo and um nick saban yep um kind of going back and forth um because one accused the other of pretty much buying their team is yep. that how that went definitely um who said it about who again? So it was it was Saban about Fisher. Okay. Uh, because you know A and M obviously a, a very historic college football program, yeah. but just gone eight and four the year before. I mean, they're number one overall in the class. I mean, it, it, they must have had six, seven, eight, you know, five right. star blue chip recruits. Um, so yeah, Saban Saban kind of threw that out there. You know, a couple weeks later, he was like, "Oh, I didn't really mean it," but yeah. Obviously, at the time, he really meant it. And damage was long yes. done. Uh, that'll be a game to watch on whatever network it's on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what else we got? Yeah. So I, I think the other main thing, um, kind of touched on it there, is NIL collectives, which are a lot different than any sort of individual endorsement or individual deal that these players get because you get a collective. And obviously, you know, th this is a, a college-wide rule you know, you can't have a collective associated with the university. Yeah. It has to be, you know, through some private entity, um, any individual can, can start up a collective. Um, but kind of the situation that we have playing out at a lot of different universities is that these different collectives, they'll kind of offer a base NIL deal to scholarship players um, because again, you can't say, oh, if you're only if you're a starter, mm -hmm. can you get this deal? So scholarship players, or you know, just anybody on the roster who would you know maybe be interested in a type of setup um, can go ahead and do it. Here in Nebraska, we've seen one of those, uh, the Big Red Fan Club, and you know this is this is I like what they're doing so far. You know, it seems to be very similar to kind of the NIL uh, marketplace that Nebraska had set up. The fan club, you know, seems to be you know personal greetings. You know, mm -hmm. players might be able to come to an event. Um, if you want them to do that. Again, you know, that kind of stuff where you get to know the players a lot more, you get to really get a sense of them um, and, you know, perhaps get a personal message. On, on kind of the negative side, um, there are a few different, I think, NIL collectives across the country. I don't want to call out any by name. No, let's do it. Let's call them out. <laughs> um, and what are they doing? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's just very, very vague. Mm. You, don't, you don't know what's going on. You have... Uh, I'll, I'll name one because I put it in the article, but the Matador Club at Texas Tech, mm. um, they, they say they're giving twenty dollars to $25,000 to these players. Um, and, you know, NIL funds, completely valid. The only thing that they have to do is complete some community service. Wow. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's fair. It's, it's allowed per the rules. Um, how much community service? I don't know if that's two hours at the soup kitchen fair. or two hours every week. I mean, that's a... That's yeah. a big difference in that one. Yeah, um, I have a feeling they won't be on the highway picking <laughs> up trash for yeah. an hour. Yeah. But um, interesting. So they were able to put a dollar amount um, up front for these, oh, yeah. for these athletes. Yeah. Interesting. For sure. So it, it, it just is kind of interesting to see um, where some of that stuff will, will end up, settle in a year or two. Um, also got a note here in Nebraska, athlete branding and marketing, kind of the main collective for Nebraska athletes. On their website, they've raised over $5 million in NIL funds already in a year. Um, so just going to show kind of the earning potential uh, that these athletes do have here at Nebraska. Obviously, 
could change a lot, you know, over a year or so. A lot of it could go, you know, to the, the on-field performance. You know, it's, it, it raises or perhaps yeah, lowers your true. marketability um, for some of these different, uh, different deals that they want to make. So that's kind of the stuff that we wanted to, to dive into with NIL. I'm sure if we were going to revisit it next year, it might be in a, in a very different spot. And so it would be, so be the transfer portal. Um, you know, this is something we've seen for, for a couple of seasons now. Um, this past year, and I guess the last couple of years, it's definitely exploded in a way we've, we've kind of never seen before. A lot of that has to do with COVID. A lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, the, the removal of, you know, you, you transfer and you have to sit out. It's immediate yeah. playing time now. Uh, so we've seen all those factors. And Nebraska, very, very aggressive in the transfer portal this year. I, what, I, what I have to wonder is, you know, how much of that was necessity, having a lot of different experienced guys out, knowing it's a, it's a huge, you know, must-win season. And how much of that is just, this is going to be the new recruiting. You'll get, you know, maybe 12, 13, maybe 15, you know, high school guys, and then that much or more from the portal as well. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it is a mixture of both. Some of it was out of necessity, and some of it, is, and I think Frost has, has said this at least on a couple um, occasions, that this is the new normal, and that's yeah. and a lot of coaches join them in that and sharing that sentiment. But, you know, there's a point this offseason, this is an example of uh, necessity. There was a point this summer where um, Nebraska only had, like, five defense, like true defensive yeah. linemen, um, like down linemen. I know Edge is a... a you know prominent thing this year but so there they had they had to get guys they had to get Devin Drew and you know Stefan Wynn and 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 players like that um you know Casey Rogers went and you know a couple to uh graduated so some of it's necessity and you know but then they went and just got players that that they think can just help them such as like Trey Palmer I mean they probably didn't need another a, a bunch of receivers but um you know they went out and got guys that that they think can can you know, change games, and and I think that's a big, um, big part of it as well. Definitely, and I mean, we I I, I don't want to fully call it free agency because it's not a, an, a, a totally accurate you know description of what's going on. But I mean, it, if you think about that kind of you know open open market where you've got different programs, and there's a big difference between picking up an 18 year old high school kid who might need you know, a year or two, you know, just to get up to the playing weight, you yeah. know, to learn the system versus a 22, you know, 23-year-old guy who's been playing high-level college football for four or five seasons. Um, so I, I, I really like it because I think it gives, it gives a lot of versatility to the coaching staff. I mean, what are your needs? You know, what, what are your desires? You know, how much long-term, you know, vision do you have at the, at the current moment? Um, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a, a full scale change for how we see high school high school recruiting. I think that'll that'll continue. Um, I don't think that the portal is going to destroy that at all. Uh, it just gives different priorities for different schools, and I uh, I think what we're seeing here in Nebraska might might continue a little bit of fifty fifty. You know, depends on the year if you're going more high school or more portal. Um, but there's always going to be good guys available um, in that transfer portal, and that'll be something that they look forward to keeping their eyes on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think I, we're seeing it in all the sports. I mean, yeah. you, you, you know, obviously cover the baseball team, and, and I mean, that's a team that's really hit the portal hard. And, and, and volleyball um, made a big one with you know the uh, Kaitlyn Horde from mm-hmm. from Penn State. So 
it's just it, it's just how it goes now. Yeah. Um, and, and there's going to be you know you can expect at least I don't know eight to twelve probably um, I would think moving forward each each off season and that's probably light. Um, yeah. You know all things considered. So, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I, and necessity is I think a big thing too. You know they they had to go out and get a kicker and punter and that's what they did. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that's just the bright thing too. You know you're. Your four-year starting quarterback goes, and yeah. suddenly you can get a guy who's you know played some major college football last season, big Power Five team, you know top twenty-five team. So, you know, like I said, it it gives you a lot of different options. Um, really sets you up for for success, perhaps if you hit in the right spot. Right. So, those were kind of the main things that you know we looked for um, in that preseason preview NIL transfer portal, new coaching staff. Obviously, look for. We've got opponent breakdowns, projected depth chart, uh, things to watch, several different stories. Uh, so make sure to look for that this Sunday. And I think that'll do it for us at, at Life in the Red today. Like I said, we'll, we'll join you again next week. Northwestern preview, look ahead to some of the different things that we have going on and some of the different practice observations that we have in the final week. And for, for Nate Head, I've been Luke Mullen. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.